Authenticity is simply telling the truth to yourself and others. That is a quote by Maya Angelou. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 19. This week's topic is follow your instincts. My guest this week is Stephanie Smart. Stephanie is the founder of Laughing Dragon Coaching and the host of Truth Speakers Podcast. Stephanie empowers others to reconnect with their own inner wisdom. Well, hello, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Trina. Thanks for having me on the show as well. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, I am glad to have you here. And just looking over your bio, I see that you are the founder of Laughing Dragon Coach. Give me some information about your background and how your business came to be and what you do. Yeah, I um, I love the Laughing Dragon title because we need to make sure that we have laughter and joy in our lives. Um, so I, I really, you know, it's about bringing that, that component into everything that we do and not just our business. Um, so my background is I have been in alternative medicine for a little over 30 years and I have, I have a variety of different degrees and I, I teach a variety of different modalities. Um, and then I also have a bachelor's degree in business management and I've worked as a corporate trainer for a while and, and as a corporate manager. And I really blend all of that in together. What was I was finding with my practice when I was had I had a brick and mortar wellness center is the clients that really got the most out of coming to see me and the ones that I enjoyed interacting with the most were where we went deep and it wasn't just you know my shoulder has better range of motion it was really what are those core ingredients of who I am and how do I bring all of that out into my life and it was it was that spiritual component combined with the, the physical component. And so I bring that into my work because we are one person and we need to be able to move through the world as that embodiment of who we are. And so I use Laughing Dragon because dragon energy is really that energy of, of wisdom and trusting yourself and the, the confidence and, and just the, the calm gracefulness of here I am and I am all knowing because I am connected to everything. And then we need to make sure we have fun while we're doing it. I agree. And something you said that intrigues me. Now, you know, with Trina Talk, we're about empowering women and helping mm. give them motivation to help them to achieve whatever the next level in their life is. Now, you said that you were in corporate for a while and then you transitioned. And I love to hear those stories of what made you transition and some of those challenges and success for doing that, because I'm pretty sure there's another woman that's listening that may be thinking about that or having a hard time. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, it's a little bit of a longer story than just that one moment in time. Um, 
So I got involved in orient in uh, alternative medicine and energy work when I was um, uh, in my in my early twenties, and I did that for a while. And I really found myself, and I I practiced this this work, um, and I I really like that was who I was, and it helped me figure out who I was. And then um, I wanted to go into doing oriental medicine. And long story, I ended up doing um, graphic design and offset printing, and and went down that route while also still taking classes for body work and energy work and, and incorporating that into my life. And then I ended up um, rising through a company. I worked for Kinko's at the time, and I ended up, you know, climbing that ladder. And my last position with them, um, and it, and that was my full time job. I wasn't doing anything else at that point. My last position with them was that I was the regional training manager for the state of Michigan. So I had a training staff. I had 29 stores I was responsible for. And the kicker here is, and this is important to the story, is that I wrote a pilot program for how we were going to train people. And then I got hired to run that pilot program. So you would think I would know what I was doing, right, since I wrote the program. Well, one morning I was uh, in my office and I picked up the phone and it was my boss who started yelling at me in such a high volume that, you know, my arm goes out so that I can still hear him and it's not like causing me to be deaf. He's yelling at me about not doing something that I didn't even know I was supposed to do. And in that moment of his tirade, I heard a voice and it asked me, if today were the last day you have on this earth, would you be happy with the legacy you left? That stopped me dead. And I, there was no question about the answer to that. It was no. I love teaching. I love training. I love interacting. But in that environment was not what I was supposed to be doing. And it was a wake-up call. And I quit my job that day and went back um, to just working in one of the stores while I finished up uh, some training and then went and got a, a master's degree in oriental medicine. And that, going back into the world of alternative medicine, working with energy, really that deep connection that we get with someone on that soul level that lets us make a huge impact in the world because we're creating this ripple effect. That was what I was meant to be doing and that was what I wanted to be doing. And so that moment is like, you end up standing at this crossroads and you know, at some point, you know in you that you're not following the legacy that you want to be living. That when, when really all is said and done, you won't have lived the life that you want to be living. And I think we only get this one life. And so it's time to make that choice. And, and I just, it, it was that moment in time where I was like, oh, this has to change. It has to change right now because this is all I get. Now, before your boss's tirade with you, did you feel before that you were not doing what your life purpose was or was everything just, you know, the normal this is my job. I'm pretty happy. I'm having success. Climb the ladder, or was it at that moment that you had that revelation that no, this is not it? It was a combination. Um, again, you know, I was teaching and I was training, and I love that. Um, so, you know, I can get to where I was having this moment of knowing that I go to work and I love teaching. I love training, but going and driving all over the place and and the interactions. And so there was parts of me that were like, no, no, this isn't what I want to be doing. And then I would have this great interaction with someone 
where, you know, I, they just got what I was teaching them. And I was like, now that's what I want to be doing. And so there was, there was always this time where I was like, something's not quite right, but I didn't know what it was. Um, and I didn't know how to make that change. Okay. The other, I, I guess I want to add another piece to that. You know, we as a society have this model that so many of us grow up with where you go to college, you get a degree, you go to work, you go to work all day, and you save up for retirement and you make all these plans for retirement. And I think, you know, I was caught up in that. And and that wake up call sort of allowed me to see that that wasn't serving me and it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Wow. So let's go on into your wake up call and what you started doing after you said you got into oriental medicine and tell us what that, where that path led you. Yeah. So I uh, went and got a master's degree in oriental medicine, which is a four year program. Um, and then, then I finished up training and some other things and I was still doing uh, shamanism training. And so I really combined all of that. And then um, after my program ended, I opened up a full um, huge wellness center with multiple rooms and a, a raw herbal pharmacy. I uh, did, did oriental medicine. I did energy work and I saw clients and I really, I loved doing that. Um, and I did that for a number of years. And then um, we, I, I got to the point where um, I, I would look at my calendar and I would look at who was on my calendar and I was not, not having those. Yes. I get to see that person. It was, Oh, yeah, this person's just coming because they want me to fix them and they're not doing their homework. They're not doing their part of the work. And I got to that point and knew that I need to make some changes in how I was, how I was operating my business. And then we had a baby and I have this little lovely bundle of joy at home. And then a, a business that was not bringing me a lot of joy anymore. And I closed my practice and shut the clinic down and uh, became a stay-at-home parent. Um, and that was, a, a, you know, I, I say that when we make these choices uh, periodically throughout our lives, it's really, um, we get information every time we do. And, and this information is what allows us to be empowered for the, for the next time we come across something. It's that listening and discernment and filing that away as your inner wisdom. And so, you know, I realized that I wasn't having a lot of joy at work anymore. And that's really crucial for me. But when I closed my clinic, my partner said, that makes me really sad because you have such a gift for what you're doing. And you make such a difference when you work with people. And it was, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, maybe I made the wrong choice. Maybe she's right. And it took me a while to really come to terms with that and to glean the information from that statement that I needed in order to move forward and become empowered in the choices that I wanted to make moving forward. And, and I, I think the piece here is, is that I want to share is just because we have a gift at something doesn't mean it's what brings us joy. And that's hard, right? If I can make such a difference going out and working with individuals and, you know, running a, a wellness center, then I, I, part of me is like, well, I should be doing that, but that's not what's nourishing me. And as a, as a entrepreneur, as a, a, a parent, as a, as a, a woman, I have an obligation as a person, really, I have an obligation 
to design my life in such a way that I'm nourished as much as I'm nourishing everybody else. And particularly as a parent, right? Here I am taking care of this little person and then I need to make sure I'm practicing my own self-care. And that that piece of empowerment is really, really important because we need to take care of ourselves first so that we can take care of everybody else. If that's the role, or that's the, the model that we're operating in, right? If I'm not taking care of myself, I can't be of service to anybody else. And so looking at her statement about it, that made her really sad and I had such a gift, we can get caught up in that. And that's about, you know, taking other people's opinions and taking other people's information and doing that rather than getting really clear about what we want and trusting our own inner wisdom and listening to what our dreams and our passions are. And that's the piece that that is so important when we're empowering others and becoming empowered within ourselves is what is it that I need and what is it that I want? Because it's my life above and beyond anything else. I only get this one and it's mine. And so how am I going to create it so that it serves me and brings me the most joy and the most abundance and fulfills my dreams and my passions? That was so profound. I'm sitting here listening to you and I know exactly where you're coming from as far as following your passion, and but knowing what really gives you joy and what empowers you. So do you have any particular steps that you would suggest to get to that point? I have a, a couple of different exercises that I do with all of my clients and I, I share them regularly with people. And the first one that I, that I tell people to do is to sit down and write out what your ideal day looks like. Now, the caveat to this is that you need to let go of anybody else that's involved in it. So you can't say, well, my ideal day could be this, but I have a, I have a kid or I have a partner. I have, I have, I have, right? All of that goes away. You have unlimited finances, unlimited anything. You can be anywhere in the world what is, and be with anyone that you want. What does your ideal day look like? When do you wake up? What do you do for breakfast, lunch, dinner? Do you cook it? Does somebody else cook it? Are you waited on? Where are you? What's the environment? What are you doing? How do you spend your time? Who do you spend your time with? Because when we can really let go of all the expectations of everybody else and write down, if I could have anything I wanted, what would it look like? That gives us so much information about what we need as a person. And then we start looking at, well, how do I make those happen? How do I make parts of this happen? Okay. What if I, my ideal day is I want to wake up on the beach, but I live here in the Midwest. Well, can I spend time on the beach right now? Am I planning for moving to the beach? How does that work? If what I want is to wake up at whatever time I naturally wake up and not an alarm clock, what does my life look like now? And how do I, how do I shift that? How do I integrate that part into my life? And so really looking at what is that requirement that you want and then how do you bring it into your life? Even if it's a little little bit, right? If what I want is to wake up without an alarm clock, but you know what? I got to get my kids to school. So I can't, I don't have any control over that. Then take one day or two days over the weekend and make that a day where you don't have to wake up to an alarm clock. So it's finding those nuances where you start to say, you know what? My dreams and my passions and what I need are just as valuable as everybody else. And then we start to bring that into our life. Wow. Well, you know, as us being women, we are always 
And we always feel like we're the ones that need to do everything. <laughs> I am really, 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 really guilty about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. That's why I'm bringing it up. So yeah. how, how do we get to, I mean, everything you're saying, I'm thinking, yep, I need to do that. Yep, I need to do that. But how do we get to that point when we're, you know, the breadwinner, the mother, we have a nine to five, we're trying to be entrepreneurs. How do we get to that point? So there's several pieces of it, but I think the, the, the mindset piece is that we have to get to where we understand that we are as worthy as everybody else. That if we're constantly doing for other people and constantly putting ourselves aside so that we can get people to school, get people going to maze, you know, do laundry, whatever it is, we are putting them above us instead of treating ourselves and whoever that is as equals. And, and I think that that's the, the underlying component that has to shift, that I have to feel like I am completely equal to everybody else and that I am worthy of what I need just as much as they're worthy of what they need. And then we bring those people into partnership with us. So I have a 10 and a 14 year old. They both have special needs. So there's a lot of things that happen in my, in my life, in my, in my family that we might be way uh, behind and hear those quote marks, what other people are doing. So I still make lunches for my kids. But the way that I now navigate that is that we make a grocery list together on the weekend. What do you want to eat? So I start to bring them in and empower them into taking responsibility for themselves. What do you want to eat? What do you need for breakfast? What do you need for lunch? What kind of sandwiches do you want? What do we need to have on the grocery list? And then I go to the store because I actually like going to the store. And then we make whatever we can prep together. And then I make lunches on the, on the mornings. And so it's really finding that balance. And I make them allies with me and partners with me in the navigation of how we live this life together. Because we all signed up to be here together. I didn't sign up to do everything for everyone. And I, I share that, but know that this is a journey and that I still think I'm really bad at it compared to a lot of time, a lot of where I want to be. And I hear my kids sometimes tell me to stay out of their business. And that tells me, oh, I'm like, I got I to gotta step back here again. And I had this moment where uh, it was probably 14 years ago, almost 15 years ago now. And I was in the car with a friend of mine. Um, and I had just gotten, we were, we were leaving the hospital after I'd had major surgery and I needed a prescription. And so we pulled up into the pharmacy and I'm like, I'll go in <laughs> me. Who's like recovering from major surgery. They're both perfectly capable The oh, two other people in the car, perfectly capable of going in and getting my prescription. I'll go in. And my friend turned around and looked at me and she said, you know, at some point in your life, you're going to have to let other people help. And I was like, oh. And I think that that, that saying, that uh, belief is that, you know, we need to partner with other people. We need to say I'm just as valuable. And so how do we show up and how do we do this together? That is so important. And I'm guilty of that as well. And 
what I'm hearing you saying is to empower yourself, you're actually empowering other people as well. Absolutely. And that is the theme for a lot of what I do that when we, this is, so I'll launch into a little bit of what I do, right? I coach and I mentor, I, I speak and all of that. But really my underlying goal is to help people identify what their truth is and then to speak that truth. And by speaking it, I mean words, actions, and beliefs so that you become a true speaker. Because when we do that, we create a ripple effect and we model how to do it for other people. And we model. So when I show up with my kids and I say, you know what? This is how we need to how we need to behave. This is what my truth is. It gives them the opportunity to become empowered, to figure out what they need, and to and I hand them their dignity because it's it gives them the opportunity to say, Oh, I can do this, I can help, I can show up. And then I help them do that if they don't have the tools or resources yet. But that's what we do, right? When we empower ourselves and we take care of ourselves, we are allowing other people to become empowered in what they do. Yes. Now, you touched a little bit on um, the things that you do, your coaching, speaking, and you also have a book. I do have a book. Okay. Um, and it's Soul Song Dancing? It is because we all need to dance. I, it, it's about... It, I, I love the title because it's laughing, it's dancing, right? But it comes back to my background in alternative medicine and working with the physical and energetic body. And, and I want ourselves dancing with joy. I want ourselves dancing. I want us entire being to go, yes. And so the book is really about identifying what those things mean for us. Um, so my process, I talk about soul song dancing and and it's about getting your your very DNA dancing with joy. Wow. Yeah. So I the the book is a work. It's a workbook. Uh, she'll share some of my story. It gives you tools. It gives you resources. Um, but I have a process that I go through. And you asked earlier about you know resources and and what people can do. And and I this process is called the Soul Song Map. And I developed this. Um, when my son was, ident was uh, diagnosed with cerebral palsy, um, and I felt like the rug got pulled out from under me. And I knew that I was about to dedicate my entire being, you know, everything I had was going to go into helping him walk and talk and run and, and look and act like a, a, a normal, hear those quotes again, person. And in that moment, I also knew that if I didn't get really clear about what I needed, what the non-negotiables were in my life, I would lose that. Uh, and that's what the soul song map is. And I talk about our, our non-negotiables and our passions, our dreams, our gifts, our core values. It, it's those big, big picture themes of who we are at our core. And, and really, how do we then integrate those into our lives? And it becomes a foundation. So when we have, you know, a, a, an opportunity or something happens, I can look at my soul song map and say, okay, these are the things that are important to me. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm having an active spiritual life. I need to make sure that I'm out in nature all the time. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm having movement happen in my life, like physical movement happen in my life all the time. And so those things I needed to incorporate in. So I've got this kid who, I, you know, he and I are hanging out all day. 
So guess what? I need to be outside. I need to be moving my body. Get, we're going to put you in the stroller. We're going to go for a walk in the park. We're going to go and do these things together because that's what I need. And, and so the, the soul song dancing is really about identifying what those things are for you and then putting them into your life. Um, and we take that in the, and make a personal mission statement out of it. And that becomes the words of your legacy. So I talked earlier about what was the legacy you want to leave. And our non-negotiables, the notes of our soul song, make up our legacy. And so how do we make sure that we integrate that into our life and know what that is so that we are creating a life that is the one that we want to be living? Wow. So your roadmap, and I don't know, is it similar to what people now are doing, vision boards, or would you use that in conjunction with you use it in conjunction with, so I talk about it as a vision board for your soul, okay. um, but we use words in the soul song map instead of pictures. So most vision boards are pictures and they're looking outward with the material aspects of the world. And the soul song map is looking inward and it's identifying who you are at your core because in order for me to create a vision board of what I want my life to look like next year or five years or 10 years down the road, I need to know who I am and what, what's important to me first. So I talk to people about doing this first, getting a really deep understanding of what you want in your life as the non-negotiables, that core ingredient of who you are, and then how do you want it to physically manifest? And that physical manifestation, that material manifestation, typically ends up on the vision board. Hmm. And that's... That's, could, that could be challenging because I know a lot of women, regardless of the age, really don't know who they are. They know who they've been told to be. Yep. And we really, we really don't know who we are. Only thing we identify is either I'm a wife, I'm a mother, um, I'm a CEO, whatever that is. But we don't really know who we are. Do you, I mean, can you speak to that? Because I, I think we all can relate to that. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of leading questions that I ask people because if we think about when we were kids and we were infants and we were toddlers, we didn't need anybody else to tell us what we wanted to do, what we needed to be doing, what brought us joy, what made us laugh and giggle what caused us to be curious about the world and, and, and playful. And so we tap back into that energy. So one of the things I ask is, you know, what did you want to be when you were growing up? If you knew one of the other questions I ask is what were the things that brought you a lot of joy doing when you were a kid? And are you still doing them? Because if I think about myself as a good example, I loved, playing out in the woods and being really creative and, and that, all that imaginary make-believe interaction. And I mean, I did that stuff from the time I, my earliest memories through my high school. So why aren't I doing it now would be a question I was asking, right? Is that still happening in my life? How do I bring that into my life today? Because that brought me a lot of joy for a really long time. So what happened? What happened is that most of the time we get through high school, we go to college or not go to college, we get a job, we start doing the, okay, I got to pay these bills, I'm going to maybe have a family, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And it's all these things 
that society basically says is how you live a life. And I want us to go back to, well, what did you want before you got sucked into that sort of habit trail of how we live in the U.S.? What is it that you wanted to be doing? How did you want? What were the things that brought you joy? What are the activities? What were your hobbies? What, what sports did you play? What are the things today that make you want to get up and dance around? Um, so there's a lot of leading questions that I ask because here's the thing. If we can get quiet and, and really listen, we know what it is that we want to be doing. We know what it is that brings us joy. We know what it is that causes us to laugh or causes us to just go, ah, this is really good. But sometimes it's just a matter of getting quiet. Sometimes it's a matter of letting ourselves trust that that's true. And so I, I recommend for people to journal, to just sit down every day and ask yourself a series of questions about what brought you joy, what made you laugh, what caused you to feel like you were you were you were just on, like on fire with excitement and curiosity and then you ask that so you, you make like five or ten questions and you ask those same questions every day and you start to bring that focus into your life and then you start to say well what's the theme here what are the things that I want to be doing and that will help us identify who we are at our core and how we want to bring that out into our life and what we are already bringing into our life. Because I don't want to always say, oh, we forgot who we were, and so we have to remember it. We are already really good at a lot of it. And there has to be this moment and this opportunity for identifying and honoring and congratulating ourselves for what we are already doing. Then we look at, okay, well, what do I want to do next? That is so good. And I like what you're saying about journaling. I personally, I have tried to do it. I've, I've stopped. I started and just, <laughs> just what you're saying makes so much sense. Would you suggest, like, is there a time of day that's best? Should I do it in the morning? Should I do it at night? And I like what you're saying as far as writing down the things that brought me joy was my passion because I sit there and I'm going, okay, do I write a whole book? Do, <laughs> it, what is this a diary? What do, what do I do? So is there any, is there a specific time that I should be doing this? Well, in my world, there's never a should. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions, right? Because what, what works best for me isn't necessarily what's going to work best for you or for somebody else. So the, the should is identifying what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there's this thing going around right now and it's been happening for a little while of, get up a couple of hours earlier in the morning and, you know, work out and journal and do all this stuff so that then before you start your day or your kids get up, you've got all this clarity, you've done all the self-care. And you know what, for the life of me, that does not work for me. I can set that alarm and I tell you I am snoozing it again and again and again. (laughs) And if I'm not, I'm so tired that I can't function in all the ways that I got up in order to do. Um, And so I figured out, okay, that doesn't work. If I sometimes I wait until everybody's asleep and we're just sitting quietly after the kids go to sleep and I'm having a cup of tea and that works for me sometimes. And then sometimes like right now, what works best for me is after I take the kids to school, I blocked my calendar for an hour 
and I come home, I make a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and I sit down and I, I think about, okay, I'm, I'm either going to journal or I'm going to plan out my day or I'm just going to sit quietly and just have a quiet moment to go inward and let the, the illuminations of my spirit become available to me in that quiet moment. I'm going to pay attention to that because in those moments where we just allow, that's when we gain a lot of our wisdom. So you need to find what works best for you. Um, and it might be that it works best for you to go for a walk on your lunchtime and journal in, right? It's really where the flow happens for you. My whole philosophy in life is that we need to find the places of the most ease. That when we are in a position of ease and we find those paths of ease, then we're finding those, those pathways that we're, we're walking on that causes our whole being to just go, ah, okay, this is really good. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so when we find those moments in our lives, we utilize that to gain the wisdom, to acknowledge the wisdom, and to put forth our own wisdom in the world. And that's when we really empower ourselves and empower others. So find those places and journal in there and have your, your, your time for rumination in there as well. Okay. That, that makes sense. Very good sense. And all of this wisdom that you're imparting on us, I take it that this is part of your coaching sessions that you do? It is. <laughs> you're very good at it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, do, I do private coaching and then I do some group programs as well. Um, and then I've got my book and I, and so it's all out there and I've got, you know, Facebook and all of those wonderful things where I put stuff out as well. Okay. And I see that you do some speaking. Um, where do you speak at? Um, I have spoken at a, a number of places. So I do a lot of podcasts. Um, I've run the retreats. I do workshops. Um, I have a speaking engagement coming up in March in uh, Santa Barbara, I'll be one of the speakers at the Soul Success Summit, which I'm super excited about. Um, and that's I'm super excited about that because it's a great event and the group of, of women who are going to be there are just phenomenal. But it's my hometown. And so being uh, invited to speak there and, and it just it's very touching to me. Um, so I speak at a variety of places. Uh, I speak here locally where I live. Um, and teach classes. Okay, that's um, that's great to know, and I, I'm, I'm sure the listeners, if they can get out to Santa Barbara, that'll be a great thing to attend, because you and I both are about empowering women, so I'm all for, I'm all for that, and it's, and it's funny because I've said this to numerous other guests, but we as women, we, a lot of times, we're not trying to help another woman, and I'm trying to stop that. I'm trying to collaborate with other women. And if there's something that I can do for you to help you, then that's what I'm going to do. It's not a competition. There's room for everyone at the table. So you shining your light is not going to dim my, my light at all. And I exactly. think that's where we as women need to start understanding that Men, they network and they do things like this all the time. And I think women need to learn how to do that as well. 
we definitely need to be um, stepping into that role very differently. Absolutely. I talk about, um, I talk about that a lot and, and that, that idea of illuminating um, and I talk about illuminating our path and I share the story because um, I was at the Statue of Liberty and underneath the, the statue is a museum for those who don't know, because I didn't know. And in this museum, there's a, a story from the two gentlemen who made um, the statue and, and what their intention was. And, and they talk about how that, that light that she's holding is meant to illuminate the path for those who come behind her. And I was really struck about that because that's a very lonesome activity. It's great to have people behind me, but that doesn't really serve me either. And what I want is I want us to illuminate the path for not only those who come behind us, but for those who are walking with us and beside us. Because as we do that, then their light then gets brighter and we together are creating this huge pathway where we are illuminating together as a community and bringing together community so that we are all moving forward and shining a, a huge light and a huge pattern for those who are coming after us. Wow. I, I just want to scream on that one because that, <laughs> that is spot on. I love it. I love what you said. That was just, that was just amazing. So that's going to take me into my segment here where I'm going to ask 10 questions of you and whatever comes to your mind answer them there like I said there's no this is no judgment zone I'm not gonna you know put it on TMZ or anything like that but it's it's just something for the listeners to learn a little bit more about you and some of your wisdom and knowledge that you may impart may actually help them in their journey so that's what we're all about we're just about empowering and, and and motivating so are you ready for the questions absolutely okay all right. So who or what motivates you? My kids motivate me. Okay. What demotivates you? Oh, what demotivates me? Wow. I think I, I don't think it's a, a thing as much as I get, I have trouble being motivated when I'm tired and exhausted. And so practicing a lot of self-care helps with that. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Hmm. I don't, I don't know that I have an answer for that, which I think leads me to thinking that I have a lot of people around me who don't say things that hurt me. Well, that's I, 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 I guess I want to say it that way, but at the same time I talk about, so I have a, I come from a, a very dysfunctional family and I'm a, a survivor of abuse and, and all that good stuff. And I talk a lot about we, we gain such wisdom from those experiences and bringing that wisdom into our lives creates the opportunity for us to, to become empowered ourselves and empower others. So it's a little bit of a twist on the question, but that, you know, it, I think every time we have an opportunity to do something like that, we gain so much wisdom uh, from experiences in our lives, whether they're good or bad. Okay. What is your fear? My fear of not making enough of an impact in the world that when I'm dead, 
I and when I'm on my deathbed that I can't answer yes to the question of did I live the legacy that I want to live. Wow. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? <laughs> Many of them. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish I had done something I didn't. Um, yeah, uh, I will. I will say that I wish that I um, had not done school to be a truck driver because I loved the traveling. But in the end, that did not serve me in some really concrete ways. Okay. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? Oh, I just answered the wrong question, didn't I? Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wish I had done something that I didn't. Let's reverse it. Right. So let's go back to the other question. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Something I did. Uh. I have sometimes spoken out and um, have said some things that afterwards I was like, you know, I could have said that differently and I was hurtful in a way that I didn't want to be. Okay. What is your definition of success? Um, That when I get up in the morning, I feel like I am nurturing myself, that I have a life where I look forward to my day and I have everything around me that I need for fulfillment and, you know, the finances, the spiritual, the community, I want all of that around. And so I I think it's that whole picture piece that is success to me. Hmm. How do you recharge? A lot of alone time and hanging out in the woods and at the beach in the water in general. Okay. What are you awesome at? (laughs) I'm actually awesome at empowering other people and showing up and sharing my wisdom. Okay. And you've mentioned this several times, but what legacy do you want to leave? I want, so I have a whole statement about that. And I want, when I'm all done, I want people to remember, remember me as someone who was kind and respectful and graceful and empowered people and made a difference. Great. Well, before we end this, and you have been very enlightening to me, and I know to the listeners you have, what is one motivational takeaway that you want to leave everyone with? Um, I want to say that you have dreams. We all have dreams. We all have passions. And they're in us for a reason. And that those dreams that won't let us go, that no matter how old you are or what your life experience is, you always have that lingering in the back of your of your mind and in your heart, what if I want to do, then that dream is supposed to be happening and that that is part of your purpose and that is part of what the universe gave you to do. And that if it's there, even if you think there's no way this is going to work, there's like all of that doubt needs to get put aside because if you have that it's there for a reason and those dreams are in us to be brought into the world and that that is how we make a difference in the world in ways that none of us can comprehend because we can't see our own ripple effects sometimes wow now that that was um very powerful some encouraging words there 
tell the listeners where they can connect with you, how they can find you for if they need you for speaking or coaching your podcast. Give us all your information. Yeah. So my business is Laughing Dragon Coaching. Um, that's my website. That's my Facebook. Uh, I have YouTube videos out as well, which are um, all informative. Um, so everything is under Laughing Dragon Coaching. And I'm pretty active on Facebook as the medium that I use for everything. Okay. Well, Stephanie, I would like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and imparting such great wisdom on us. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and getting to chat with you and and hear a little bit about your stuff too. And I, I love doing podcasts. So thank you for having me as a guest. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. If you're looking for a speaker for your live event or conference, go to my website and read my bio and contact me at bit.ly forward slash booktrina. I hope you have a great week. Until then, remember, if you change your mindset, you'll change your life. Keep striving. Success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.